0: hello everybody and welcome to another episode of jed talks my name is jed Shepard, and i am your host today i have the incredible filmmaker eduardo sanchez hey ed hey what's up
1: man how are you
0: really good thank you really good to have you and for those that don't know um and listen to this podcast you need to unsubscribe because um ed is the writer director of the the biggest found footage movie one of the biggest horror movies of all time of course the blair witch project and and many more um and for me personally this is a real honor to have you on because obviously i've come up uh like in the industry because of the film host and we were very, 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 very influenced by Blair Witch Project, as a lot of films are. But we took the template you guys created with the Blair Witch Project, and we step by step, we kind of used that. and And I think that's one of the reasons why Host works so well. But yeah, man, like, re- really happy to have you on. Like, how's it going? What are you up to?
1: It's going well, man. Thanks for having me, man. Um, I I I, lo- I finally watched Host. I know um, <laughs> it took me a while to watch it, unfortunately, but um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was super clever, and uh, like I told you before, it was like uh you guys found like a new, a new corner, you know, like a new thing in found footage, which is very rare, you know. Um, but I'm good, man. I'm uh, directing uh, um, the uh, series finale of Queen of the South right now, wow. and uh, it's the fifth season, and uh, the show's ending after this. And uh, they gave me the the honor; they made the offer of. of uh, directing the final episode ever and so cool it, yeah it's cool it's, it's, i mean i was like i was just thinking about it. like last night i woke, I, I mean i went to sleep you know around 1 a.m we had a kind of a late uh shoot and uh woke up at like at three in the morning for like a few hours i couldn't go like, to sleep and i was just like why am i so nervous about it and i'm like wow because this is the final episode and i'm like just so i don't know i'm like um you know i, I just don't want to screw it up you know? yeah <laughs> um and i've done like ten I've already done like ten episodes of this show, so I'm like, you know, really know the cast and the crew and, you know, I'm kind of, I'm like part of the family. But still I don't want to let anybody down. But it's cool, man. I'm I'm like really happy to be doing it and it's sad at the same time. But um but you know it's a good run, man. So that's what I'm doing right now in that, New Orleans.
0: That's really cool. And another person that's in New Orleans right now uh, making a horror film is um, Gigi Saul Guerrero. I, d- I don't know yeah. if you, if you know her, but like she's doing some really cool stuff. She's doing a film out there for, for Blumhouse and she's in New Orleans. So New Orleans seems like the place to, to film right now. Um, how are the COVID restrictions there? Is, is that an issue?
1: Well, you have to have your, I mean, at least for... Um... You know, for these jobs, you have to have your, uh, you know, your mask and the face shield on all the time, especially around the actors, especially, actually around anybody. Now it's like face shields all the time. Um, unless you're eating and you have to be, you know, very separated for that or drinking something. Um, but, uh, you know, the city's good. I mean, I, it's, you know, um, I think most, most, you know, you go anywhere, everybody's wearing a mask pretty much. Um, and, uh, the crew is like, you know, I, we started, I guess in November, uh, October.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of weird, you know, working, uh, in COVID, you know, in the COVID world, like we, we limit our day to 10 hour days, uh, which is kind of a, you know, kind of a blessing in disguise, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, you have to move, yeah, you have to move quickly and, Just have to be careful. But I think, you know, pretty quickly we got into a groove. And actually now, like, I've been talking to a lot of the other directors of the, you know, that have done other episodes. And this season is, like, turning out to be, like, one of the best seasons of the show. And and we think that part of it is because we have these 10-hour days. um, It just kind of, like, it it, uh, exhausts the crew less. Um, and you know, the director, the actors, I think everybody's a little more rested and a little more, less stressed. And I think yeah. we can, you take, you have a little more time to like devote to the shots and to the performances and stuff. So it's actually really positive. And, I, and I'm hope like now there's like a, I saw like a, uh, a, uh, uh, like a like a change.org list, you know, like a like a petition to you know change the work hour from twelve to ten you know hours, nice. and of course you know it's going to cost more money you know to make the things to make the productions and stuff, but I think it's a really positive change um, that you know hopefully some people will stick or stick to the ten hour days even after COVID um but uh you know it's uh you know it, it's it's actually uh a, 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 a it's a good way to shoot things you know it, it's a it's you know it's exhausting but it's not like super exhausting and i mm-hmm. think the crew's happier and the, i think the material comes out better
0: uh, that's awesome you're not using any of your your blair witch tactics on queen of the south are you you're not like uh not telling people where where they're going to end up using their real names
1: uh <laughs> <stuff like> that. <laughs> no man i mean like what we did on um, Blair Witch was you know like you know SAG would have like you know would have killed us yeah um, yeah we, the idea of like having your actors out there twenty four hours a day for you know five or six days straight <laughs> I don't think SAG I don't think SAG would have liked that and the DGA wouldn't have liked you know us shooting twenty basically twenty four hours a day but um yeah man no I mean you know everything is is you know uh, television is everything is pre planned and there's a little bit of that stuff like you. Um, try to get, uh, you know, like you, you shoot rehearsals, like that's kind of a thing You yeah. where people are a little bit looser and you never know. Sometimes you get a really good performance during the, the, you the spontaneity of rehearsals. Um, but now you can't really use too many which technique <laughs> in, uh, in, in these, in these normal shoots, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, let's dive into the Blair Witch Project. Obviously, you, you've probably spoken about this more than anyone spoken about a film in the history of the universe. But, like, obviously, it's still inspiring people to this day, including myself and uh, everyone who works on, on Host. And, in fact, we um, some of the girls on Host... In fact, I think four of the five, they hadn't actually watched Blair Witch Project because they, they weren't horror fans. It was only Emma right. who watched Blair Witch Project. But because... As you've seen in the *Host*, there's there's that Heather shot where Emma like is up close and she's snivelling and on the screen crying her eyes out, which is obviously an allusion to the Blair Witch Project. Because we throughout the entire film we drop in our favourite movies basically, um, but we we made her watch that again and again, and she like she's obsessed with it now, which is which is which is great. Let's pretend that no one has ever heard you being interviewed for the Blair Witch Project ever before. Okay. How did it start? Where did you come up with the idea? What was the genesis of the Blair Witch Project?
1: Well, uh Dan Myrick and I who we you know we co-wrote and we co-directed and edited the film together. We were in film school at the University of Central Florida and uh it was uh I guess it was 91 uh like between 90 and 91 and um we uh we just started talking, talk we we went to actually went to go see a movie, went to see a movie. Um I think it was I think it's Freddy's Dead is one of the Friday the 13th movies um. with like um Roseanne Barr and Roseanne Arnold and
0: and, that's the Rachel Talalay director. Yeah,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. and you know, and we were like, you know, I mean, it was it was an interesting movie, but it wasn't really scary. It was kind of a weird, and we were like, you know, what what happened to scary horror movies? Because like at that time in the early nineties, it was kind of like. you know, there, there wasn't uh, the 80s, you know, the kind of the, the horror, you know, thing of the 80s had happened and there wasn't, uh, you know, it seemed like the horror movies that were coming out weren't really scary in any way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at least to us. And we were like, now, you know, what What did you like? We started talking, Dan and I started talking about what we loved as kids and, and, and we kind of gravitated towards a, a show called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy and uh, a lot of like the pseudo documentaries like Legend of Boggy Creek and uh, a chair to the gods and, you know, search of Noah's Ark, even though like it, like search of Noah's Ark, it has nothing to do with horror, but it's still creepy, you know, for some reason. So we went back and we actually rented some of those movies, you know, on VHS, that was the back in the day of VHS. And um, we watched like the Bigfoot, you know, in search of episode and it still creeped us out. We watched Legend of Boggy Creek. It was like still really effective. And we were like, I wonder if you could do this, you know, in, 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 you know, in now, you know, to a modern audience, the idea of like, uh, setting something up as real as like a documentary. So we came up with the idea, I think that weekend about like the, the film crew that goes to, to, you know, to investigate some kind of paranormal, uh, legend, some kind of myth and, uh, is to a small town, you know, kind of like, um, uh, you know, like, like like just a little town in the middle of nowhere, and they go into the woods, and then they disappear, and the footage. We kind of came up with that that weekend. The footage is found years later, but but it was much different. Like we were we were obsessed with the idea of of the the look of the movies of the seventies, like the mm. you know the sixteen millimeter look. Yeah. So we were at that time when we were you know kind of pie in the sky. We were like, yeah, it'd be cool. Shoot it on sixteen millimeter, and then let's say the footage is discovered like twenty years later. And the footage is still good because it's been like preserved. It's a bit like cool, you know, in in the ground, it's like, you know, you know, frozen, you know, and there's still imagery, but there's some stock that, that the images are like kind of, uh, messed up so we can mess around with like images, you know, appearing on the film. So we had these, you know, huge plans. And then, um, we kind of set it aside. We, you know, I was already working on another feature called Gabriel's dream that, didn't sell. And it was a you know big disappointment for me, but I learned a hell of a lot. Dan was working on stuff, um, another feature. And so we kind of just kind of kept working on it, but very, you know, uh, sporadically. And then in 96, um, I called Dan up. I was working like a dead end job as a driver. And, uh, I was in traffic one time and I was like, God, what am I doing? You know? And I, um, I called Dan up on myself and I'm like, Man, you know, what are you up to? He's like, Oh, you know, this and he was actually doing better. He's actually editing stuff and, you know, doing all right. But he was in Orlando, but he was a little frustrated too. And I was like, Man, we we gotta do we gotta go do that Woods movie, you know? And that's what we called it at the time. And he was like, Yeah, I think you're right. So at that time, he then he pitched it to Greg Hale, who was living in Florida, it was another filmmaker that we met at UCF at uh at the university. And, um, Greg was like, holy crap, this is the best idea ever. And he was like instantly a fan. And he was like, look, I have some money saved the way I'll, I'll actually put some money up front to start, you know, casting and, you know, figuring this out. So with a little bit of money from Greg, um, we started casting in New York. We cast in, in 96, we actually cast again in 97, um, and then uh you know through uh, we we got some money from people here and there
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and uh we went into production in um uh october of 97 and um it was like a 10 day shoot and um you did know you shoot we, across uh, halloween yeah, by chance we yeah we actually ed- nice. we actually finished on halloween night wow. it was kind of creepy um yeah it was like uh we were doing the house scene at the end and, um, we actually, we were actually there the night before and, um, cause we, you know, we didn't want to shoot on Halloween yeah. and, um, <laughs> the, we had some problems. We had, um, the, the camera that, uh, you know, the CP 16 that Heather mm-hmm. was carrying around, uh, it had a, like, a a light on top of it. And it was like, uh, uh, it was part of like this, it had like a battery belt and you could yeah. install the light and like halfway through the you know, the, the shot, the battery, the battery belt just drains and there's no light on Heather's camera. So we have no image on Heather's camera. So we went back the night, the next night, and, um, we shot just that part of them coming down the steps and right. Mike in the corner and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, luckily Heather and Mike were both able to kind of, uh, capture the, you know, the, the, the essence of how they were the night before. And it was pretty seamless. Um, but there's a moment where like, yeah, there's a a moment where Mike turns and starts heading downstairs and that's where the new footage begins. But, um, it was Halloween and we grabbed and then, um, you know, uh, it was just very weird, like, (laughs) you know, finishing up on Halloween, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then we, you know, we started editing the movie and, uh, we got into Sundance and, uh, you know, and then the rest is kind of history. It was like, uh, you know, it was really unexpected for us. We were, you know, we were we were expecting like maybe a video release, you know, VHS release or mm-hmm. a uh, DVD release or maybe HBO. And we were like, oh, maybe HBO will pick us up. I mean, obviously, this is yeah. before streaming or any of that stuff, and even before YouTube. Um so you know, and, that, and then when we got picked up, and when the you know artist and the distributor that bought us told us that we you know they were thinking of a theatrical run, we were like theatrical. Are you,
2: yeah, are you crazy? I know that feeling. Yep, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And I'm like, so um, you know, we were like, well, if you you know, if we were gonna, if we had any kind of delusions of of, uh, of going theatrical, we would have made it so shaky uh, because even you know when we were screening, we, we screened it a couple times on big screens just in, during the editing process and i would have to sit way in the back man like i couldn't take the motion sickness i have really bad motion sickness so um uh but you know it kind of you know went on over the world and it you know exploded and it was just kind of really unexpected for us but it was you know and it was a fun ride and it was a very scary ride as you um, I, I can imagine you know you can imagine um yeah you know so. uh you know it's like all of a sudden you're you know, before you're like, hey, let's make this movie and, you know, maybe our friends will see it and our relatives will see it and, you know, maybe we'll get a distribution, but whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, man, your next movie is going to be seen, you know, everybody's going to see it and everybody's yeah. expecting you to do something crazy. And so it was yeah. a lot of pressure. And um, wow. it's part of the part of the reason why it took us so long, it took me so long to make another feature is just that was like the fog of Blair Witch was, um, you know, was a heavy one, you know? Yeah,
0: well, and I'll definitely come on to post by which in a second but I'm really interested in the in the process of actually making it like you, you found your your kind of three uh, protagonists what were the instructions you gave them and I know this is all very well documented but pretend none of those yeah exist so um you gave them you gave them a, a digital well a dv camera and a 16 mil camera um and what were the instructions you gave gave to them on thir- on day one basically
1: well, the the before that we basically gave them like a, we went through a little mini film school with them, like we taught yep. Josh and, and Heather also to how to operate the C P sixteen and how to load it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and uh, um we would give them the mags already preloaded so they didn't have to like, you know, do the the you know, the actual magazine that you have to do in a in a in a dark in a black bag, you know. Yeah. You know, in a, a light proof bag. So um our VP Neil Fredericks would actually give them the mags already set up. Um But, uh, and then Mike, you know, did a little, we did a little crash course on the, you know, on the, on the uh, audio recorder, the digital audio recorder, which is like, which is huge, man. Um, It was massive. (laughs) Um, And um, so, uh, and then we, the first day was like, basically, um, you know, they were getting to know each other, like Mike and Heather had um, in the story and the character wise, had never really met So uh, Josh had actually put this together, you know, uh, uh, Heather had asked Josh and then Josh asked Mike to come on as a sound guy. And, uh, you know, it was for us, it was just like, just be positive. You know, this is going to be cool and you're excited about it and you're, you know, you don't really get a lot of chance to shoot film and you're shooting film and, you know, you're really grateful and everybody's happy and Heather's excited about, you know, finally getting her documentary going. Um, and so mostly the, at the beginning was, was mostly like logistical information. And the way we would do it was we would basically, uh, we had those little, these little canisters and, uh, we would like type up, uh, directing instructions for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, we would give them like three tubes, three canisters with, you know, H, uh, J and M on them. And then they would be able to read their notes and they weren't allowed wow. to show each other their notes. Love it. So, yeah, so we would, you know, so the first thing was just kind of like logistical and a lot of character, like character pre-work, you know what I mean? It was just like the idea of like, you know, you're like, again, where I said like you're enthusiastic and this is going to be cool and you're looking forward to it. Um, and then once they got into the woods and you know, we, we, we gave them, we would give them directing notes like probably three or four times a day and we would just leave them in predetermined locations in the woods, which Mm -hmm. they would find with, they would find with GPS. They had a GPS unit and uh, they would find these you know we had like a little flag with a basket and supplies whether it be food or you know directing instructions sometimes bat, fresh batteries fresh uh videotapes for the you know uh for the camera and you know film for the camera for the other camera and um and then that then that, that's when we started kind of playing them against each other um like the idea of like especially mike and like mike you know you're you know kind of the thing i remember the most is like your um your trust in heather is is diminishing quickly you know like yeah. she's lost doesn't know where she is and you got to get back to work and you know you have to work on monday and it's you know it's going to be you got to have the equipment back on monday like all this stuff that you know like real world kind of you know uh, college yeah college stuff where you're like I gotta get the camera back I gotta get to work I mean you, know, yeah. you know what am I gonna you know I was only supposed to be out here for two nights um and then heather you know like you know you, you know what you're doing you you know you're you have you're determined you're not lost you'll get out of this and you know and slowly you kind of turn her you turn her into like oh my god what are you doing and you don't know what you're doing and and finally, the last part, you know, where she does like the kind of the confession where she turns the camera on herself is just like, you're not going to get out of this. You know, yep. you're going to die. It's your fault. You know, you, sh- you you should apologize to, to, you know, Mike's mom and Josh's mom and Josh's family and your family. And, you know, you were arrogant to, to mess with this. And, um, and then, you know, and, and so, and, there was, and then, you know, it was like, so it was a lot of like little directions like that. But really, I mean, Heather, Mike, and Josh just, you know, just did such amazing work. Um, And we basically left them alone most of the time, you know, Um, we, 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 our whole thing was like, we want this to feel like a documentary. Mm -hmm. And we always felt that, uh, you know, we always knew that they were going to use their own names, just so that there wouldn't be this kind of, uh, you know. Th- sometimes, sometimes we we were afraid that sometimes, in the heat of the moment, they would call each other their real names, and then you'd be, oh, we have to, you know, yeah, change the audio, you know, just screw things up, you know, get them out of the moment. So we were like, hey, you guys want to? Can you guys use your own names? And they were like, sure. So that <laughs> you know, it was just kind of this level of realism. And we also kind of, you know, asked them to bring their own. You know, at to a certain point, like we were like, okay, you guys all went to Montgomery College together, and that's where you guys knew each other, and you know, uh, went to the same classes, this and that, and then. Uh, but then prior to that, we were like, just make, you know, just use your own, you know, life experience, you know, your own, um, you know, your own background, because that's you know, you're going to be able to recall that much quicker, and um, so and then and they just went out and fricking did it, man. I mean, it was it's just crazy to see. Um, like for us, when we first started watching the footage, cause we couldn't watch the footage very much because we were, you know, we would get the tapes from them and we would watch, you know, Dan and I would sit and watch for an hour and then we'd be like, Oh, we got to go and do, you know, set up the next gag for them because they were in the woods <laughs> the whole time. We have to go, you know, there's logistical things going on at 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, um, but I, uh, I remember the, the, um, the magic moment for us was when, We saw the, the scene when Mike kicks the map, the map into the Creek or he he admits to it. And, um, cause we were, cause that was not in the script, you know, that was not, you know, we were, we were basically leading them down the, you know, the plot of the script, you know, like the, 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 the beats that we want, that we had in our, in our script really was an outline. It had no dialogue.
0: We call it. Yeah.
2: Scriptment. Yeah.
1: Scriptment. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and, uh, you know, we had these all these moments planned out. And then Mike happened to have kicked the map into the creek like the day or two earlier. And he didn't, he, you know, nobody saw him. So he was like, wait, what the hell do I do? So he's kind of <laughs> kept it in his back pocket. And all these, I And mean, it's just funny to see like all the fighting about the map. and <laughs> you, you have the map. And, and, and Mike the whole time like knows that he kicked the damn map into the creek. So that moment when he admitted it for us, it was just like, you know, our jaws dropped, man, because it was like, we were actually experiencing the movie, you know, much like the audience was going to experience it. And we were like, holy crap, man, we might have something here. You know, that was Mm -hmm. like the first moment we were like, yeah, I think we have something. Um, and then later on when we, you know, got back to the editing room and we watched like the, you know, the confession, Heather's confession. And then Mike had a confession too that we cut out. But, um, there was all these great moments in it and, and we started kind of, you know, becoming a little optimistic about what we had and, yeah. and the possibilities of it. Um, and you know, so, so, and then we kind of molded the film through the editing process, uh, changed a lot of things. And cause it was like 20, we had like 22 hours of footage that was, uh, and it was all unique, you know, it wasn't like alternate takes or like, yeah. it like you guys too, you know, you have a yeah. lot of stuff that's just
0: like we had 180 stylized. hours because yeah, if you think there's yeah. like six things going on at the same yeah. time so well, yeah when,
1: <laughs> when I, I watched when i watched host i was like holy crap this was the the editing was just like you know next level because yeah you because you guys you know you had this, the, all the screens going on and then when you, it seemed like when you guys were needing needing an edit you would go to an individual single for a little bit and then come back and yeah, yeah, yeah the single you know it was really it was really clever man but it was yeah. still a lot to figure out. So you know, yeah. and 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 you can, and as you guys know, like you can, you can mess a lot with, especially the characterization with the improv, because, um, like in, in one of the instances, like Heather and my, and Josh were fighting all the time. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: half the damn footage was them fighting, and Mike fought a lot. You know, we we, we kind of egg. Mike on a lot like man you know heather doesn't know what she's talking about and this camera is getting on your nerves like why don't you tell her to stop taping like what do you, you know why is she videotaping you guys lost it's very frustrating for you so um so in the original script the sound guy whose mike was the one that disappears and then you know josh and heather were the ones that left were left and um we were looking at this footage and we were like you know uh, the, the, the josh and heather are just kind of at each other's throats all the time so let's pull josh out and just see what happens with mike and uh and then in the edit we kind of built this thing we kind of cut out most of the stuff with josh most of the confrontation yeah. stuff with josh and we added all the mike stuff so there's more like a, of a conflict between mike and, and heather and um you know and then you know so, so we pulled you know and, and they didn't know that you know like they yeah. Uh, they expect Mike expected the, to be pulled out. Josh with the one that pulled out. I and mean, Josh was really happy, man. He was ready to get the <laughs> hell out of there. Uh, there was no complaining, uh, from Josh about being pulled out early, but, um, but yeah, we, you know, the, 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 as you know, the the editing is so important with something like this because there is so much footage and, um, you know, and luckily we we were able to come together and put something together that was you know that was cool and people you know and uh, obviously the you know kind of, once we got into Sundance we knew that there was you know like a certain amount of validation and we were damn excited man
0: with with host we. Um... Uh, we used a lot of the elements you did with Blair Witch specifically. Myself and Rob at, at the start, we screened it from VHS to a cinema screen just before lockdown. As you know, in between lockdown, we've had multiple lockdowns, but uh, around Halloween last year, we screened it from a VCR to the big screen so people could uh, experience watching Blair Witch for the first time on VCR again. And it was it was sold yeah. out. It was really, really that's cool. Great. Um, that's great. cool. But one of the things that's quite funny is, we we did a, the scriptment thing. Like you guys have read loads of interviews of you guys. I've seen everything you can think of with the Blair Witch Project. And uh myself and Rob, we just we looked at all the stuff that you established. We redacted a lot of the scriptment, because we had a scriptment too, uh, from the actors. So they would experience real fear and they didn't know yeah. the order they were gonna die in. They didn't know how people were gonna die. So when you see Emma reacting to Teddy's death, she's she's scared for real. <laughs> she she thinks he's really on fire because we didn't tell them this was going to happen and that we they didn't know that we could actually set a personal fire for real. The funny thing is when we we're when we were in interviews, people think like that we started this using people's real names and stuff and um the authentic kind of relationships and the scriptments and stuff. It's like, no, like we've just copied this from the Blair Witch project. And we're proud to say that because it's it's like our fate well one of our favorite like horror movies of of all time. Um, but the other thing that you mentioned about um Sundance uh, I've been on so many podcasts since like host came out all the kind of the big horror ones and almost everyone said, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember Blair Witch Project. Someone snuck me a copy out of Sundance and that's of how course. I, yeah. And yeah. honestly the amount of people it's got to be close to 20 people have said, Oh yeah, I, I watched it. Um, cause someone snuck me a copy out of Sundance. I'm like, how many yeah. of these copies were snuck out of Sundance? And I was wondering if this was intentional, something that you guys, did yourself as the kind of no, marketing? Thing. No,
1: I mean, I mean, you know, looking back on it, you know, it was actually the one of the best things that could have happened because this was like before the digital age. So, like, yeah. you know, you couldn't. There wasn't really. I mean, there was piracy, but there wasn't. You know, it wasn't as easy as, as it was today. Um, but you know, what the great thing about it, man, was that um, we heard about it really early. Like, there was this guy from Japan who like emailed us right at like, I think it was before Sundance and, um, he was like, oh my God, I love the movie and you know, whatever. And and we were like, how'd you see it? He's like, oh, uh, one of my friends is a judge at Sundance and he's made a dub. And and I was like,
0: no way. And we we
1: were, yeah, we were like kind of pissed off, you know, but, um, and then from these Sundance dubs, um, and think about it, man. It was like, we, we, uh, I, I think we sent did we send it on VHS or DVD at the time? I don't, I can't remember. I think we sent the DVD, like how, you know, how do you set, like back then did you set Anyway, whatever us, it was, yeah. um, the screeners, like people would just dub them onto VHS. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously every time you dub it, it, it's, it's worse and worse, you know, VHS is not a great, um, format, you know, for, for, for visual quality. Mm-hmm. So, um, A lot of a lot of people like in the business are like, man, we, I got this VHS and it it was it barely held a freaking image, but it was so creepy. And I was like, that's exactly the way we wanted people to experience Blair Witch. Like when we came up with the idea, it was like, imagine you getting a VHS tape that is like not labeled, yeah, 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 and it's just like an X on it or something, and you pop it in, and it's this video of these people like going, you know, into the woods and. Dying, and at the end, there's like you know, men just having no credits or anything, and that that was for us the original way that we wanted people to see Blair Witch, you know. Um, the theatrical stuff was just completely unplanned, but but um, you, you you're smart to say, like, you know, to ask whether it was intentional because that actually really did help us. Like, yeah. they um, people um, based on the on the VHS tape, they you know, they they once the movie came in the theaters, they were like, hey, you know, they brought their friends along, people yeah. kind of um were kind of in on the you know in on the kind of the secret like people would say oh yeah this is real man you got to check this out you know let's go to this let's go see it so they would take their you know their friends and their relatives to to see this movie and then watch you know the experience of of thinking it was real um and even um like when i first met robert rodriguez um at South by Southwest, he was, he told me, he was like, Oh my God, I got to tell you my Blair Witch story. You know, I found, I got this tape. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's, I'm like, I this tape before, And he said, I, um, I watched it and I loved it. And he, and he said, um, and his, uh, his sister, uh, Rebecca was like, I guess 14 or 15, like pretty young at the time. And he was, he went, he went over there. and He showed, he, you know, he said, he set it up to her. He was like, Oh my God, this is real. You got to see this, you know? And he screened it for her, and he says he she was completely freaked out, and um, you know, and he was you know, so everybody was kind of in on the on the on the gag, and it's funny because Rebecca and I later on we worked together; she's a director now, and uh, and she's like, man, that movie screwed me up, you know. So there's a lot of um, you know. I think part of the magic of Blair Witch was that people, you know, whether they had the movie or not, they got involved. They were like, kind of like the. They they kind of knew it was fake, especially people going to the website early. And yeah. you know, we we had a big kind of a website presence before Sundance, and then mm-hmm. afterwards the artisan took it over and kind of it became this kind of huge website. But you know, we we never like we never pretended. I mean, we definitely pretended it was real. But we but when people asked us, we would never lie to them. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> but it was just amazing how many people kind of took it. And kind of played along with it, you know. That was the magic of Blair Witch, and I think those VHS bootlegs, uh, you know, helped us. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of one of those things where, where um, you know, we uh, on later films, we we thought of like, you know, imagine leaving like a, a thumb, you know, like a little zip drive, you mm-hmm. know, like a little USB drive, like in a ba- in st- bathrooms and you know, odd places all over the United States or the world, and just having these weird clips of a movie that you know. Like a, a Blair Witch type movie Or even like a host like type mm-hmm. movie You know what I mean And just leaving like leaving little bits Like little scenes And, and degrading the image So it's not like something You're going to bootleg
2: yeah, yeah, But just yeah. kind of
1: spreading this Like what the hell I found this zip drive And I put it in it's got this weird video Like that, that, that to us Was what we did with, with VHS What would happen with, with the VHS tapes But we had no control over it at all yeah. um, And it was just <laughs> one of those Fortunate coincidences I mean you know I, I, I don't know if you guys Experienced the same thing with hosts But
2: mm-hmm.
1: like for us um everything that could go right went right on Blair Witch, you know, like 100%. everything, like the, like the plants aligned, um, you know, cause we always, we always talk about the idea that like, it was, you know, it, it was a good idea. You know, it was something that, um you know, it was a clever idea and it was executed well. We got the really great actors and we kind of stayed out of their way enough to make, to let them, you know, perform the way they did. And um and, you know, the editing process, Dan and I didn't kill each other during the editing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything, you know, like everything kind of lined up after that, man. It was amazing. And, and, and we all knew, like, the team, that, you know, the central team that was making the movie, we all knew that this was a special thing. Like, we're like, yeah. we're we never going to experience this kind of, you know, serendipity again. And um, but it was, you know, it was it was something that um, that was kind of magical, um, and, uh, and much bigger than us, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and that's the thing, man, like the, the, the audience involvement in Blair Witch, mm-hmm. the fan participation, um, was something that really amazed us, um, and kept us going, you know, throughout like, cause we were, we were pretty broke when we were editing Blair Witch
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, you know, there was not much to look forward to, um, <laughs> in our, in our, in our lives. I mean, I, I didn't, I was, I was single at the time. Yes. Yeah. I was, I would, I would edit the movie at night and then work on the website during the day. And, you know, I was very much like just working, you know, 16 hour days and, um, and the fan, you know, the inputs from the fans and just the enthusiasm like just really kept us going. I mean, they, they really were like, I I think we, you know, it would have been a a much darker time without the, you know, the fan input that we had.
0: Yeah, and talking about the kind of how the fans responded at the time, and how the uh, the film industry responded at the time, you were essentially responsible for a, for a for a cottage industry of found footage movies. Because before you, there were there are a couple out there. It didn't really hit big. Uh, one of my favourites is, is the British film Ghost uh, Ghost Watch, which was a, a TV show. Um, but it was really Blair Witch Project that kind of made people sit up and think. Oh, found footage can be one, entertaining, two, lucrative, three, it could could kind of reach people that don't normally watch horror films as well. So what what do you think of the the reverberations of the Blair Witch project? What it's done to the film industry. There were a lot of copycats out there.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you know, it was weird because um, you know, when we did Blair Witch, like like um like Ghost Watch was one of the things that that people talked to us afterwards, yeah. but we had never seen it. Somebody sent mm-hmm. us a VHS of it and we were like, wow, this is really cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, in kind of the same vibe as Blair Witch. And then another, the, v- another tape that people sent us with cannibal Holocaust, yeah, which was like, which is another kind of jaw dropping moment when, <laughs> you know, people after the movie came out, people, some, one of our fans was like, have you guys ever seen, you know, cannibal Holocaust? And we're mm-hmm. like, no, man, we never heard of it. So they sent us this VHS copy and, uh, and we were just like, I couldn't believe it. Like it was like yeah. the, it was pretty much the exact premise of Blair Witch. And, yeah. and it was weird because Dan and I always talked and, and, um, we always say like, if cannibal, if we had seen cannibal Holocaust, there probably wouldn't have been a Blair Witch because we would have wow. been like, well, it's been done. Yeah. You know, what, what, what are we going to add to it? Um, but we were just amazed because blair witch was like terror like blair witch was originally going to be more of a documentary like it was going to be a lot like Cannibal holocaust where yeah. we we were going to show the footage and then we were going to kind of pull back and do like a documentary kind of like here's heather's mom talking about it here's the you know the paranormal investigator who's who knows about Blair witch and the detective who, you know, who tried to find the kid the you know, the filmmakers in the woods. So there was going to be like this, and then we were going to go back to the footage and, you know, examine the footage. But, um, and in the end, we pulled all the documentary stuff out and just let the footage go. But that was not the original intent of the movie. The original intent of the movie was going to be more like kind of a cannibal Holocaust type of movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were just like, we watched Cannibal Holocaust and we were just like, man, we dodged a bullet with this because it would have been a completely different story if, if we had seen Cannibal Holocaust. But for us, it was like, um, like I said earlier, like In Search Of was really the thing that kind of pushed us to to do this style.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And, you know, and, and the thing about it is that like, like Spinal Tap is one of my favorite films. And, you know, that's a pseudo documentary, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, obviously it's not. You know, it's it's known stars, and you know it's not real. But the the whole conceit of it is that this documentary filmmaker is following this band around. You know what I mean? So um, so we but we, so we were yeah we were pretty shocked that like Blair Witch kind of broke through um, and just became this kind of you know kind of worldwide thing that we didn't realize at the time. Like we were shooting a movie later in um, years later in Hong Kong, you know, literally like halfway around the world, and uh, you know all the crew would like would find a time to come to me and say, oh, I got to tell you my Blair Witch story, you know? I, I was, you know, in mostly in broken English or sometimes to a translator, you know? Yeah,
0: What's that, um, and, and that was that
2: Seventh
1: Moon? Yeah, Seventh yeah. Moon, and it was yeah. it, it was this time where I was just, like, amazed that I was, you know, I realized, holy crap, man, these <laughs> Blair Witch was, like, just, I don't know, it was just crazy, man. I didn't know, it, I, I, I knew it was, like, you know, had done a lot of things worldwide, but I didn't yeah. realize how pervasive it was. Um, but then what came afterwards was kind of interesting because when, um, after Blair Witch, we, we got sent a lot of found footage movies, like just Mm -hmm. people like, Hey, I I did a Blair Witch, you know, spoof and then other, (laughs) and then later on it became like these original, like, I remember one movie was about like a serial killer Uh and was videotaping himself. Um, and all these kind of like, you know, people oh, I'm going to do a movie about this, you know? And, and we, we always thought that, um, you know, we i remember coming up coming actually being accepted into sundance and we were kind of like so what do we you know what do we do next and we were like you know we could you you could do this found footage thing for any kind of movie you know we could do another horror movie we could do a ghost story we could do like a a road movie you know where you know you set up certain like a diner with actors and you have the other actors come in and you kind of do some things and then they run you know you could do all kinds of things with this com you know um Obviously, comedies had already been done, but you could do anything. But for us, it was like we never ima- we never like uh, imagined that we would do another found footage movie ever again. Like mm-hmm. our whole thing was like found footage at that time was like you know it's kind of like a gimmick for us. Like it was like yeah. you know the story of this movie lent itself perfectly to the shooting of this of the way that we shot it. And we thought that, like, if we came back with Blair Witch 2, you know, another found footage movie, mm-hmm. or even, like, something like Paranormal Activity, which was, a, you know, another brilliant idea yeah. uh, and brilliant execution, just like Host, you know, or Host. For us, it was just like, we can't do that again. It's just, we don't, first of all, we would, you know, it was, it was so new that it was kind of something where, like, we don't want to be known as, you know, these the the fan face, face guys, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, because, that, you know, so and then. It wasn't until really like Cloverfield mm-hmm. um, where like, you know, J.J. J. Abrams put, you know, his stamp of approval on found footage where like
2: yeah you're right. it yeah. kind of
1: opened it up for Paranormal Activity. And, you know, in the original mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity, like they were going to just reshoot it. They weren't even going to release the movie. Yeah. You know, Paramount yeah. was just going to. Um, so it started opening, you know, the doors for like, you know, Wreck uh, and, you know, kind of all these things, all these really good, found footage movies started coming out kind of were more acceptable at the time mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the, like the heyday of found footage is like when you know paranormal activity and the rap yeah. movies um and um you know there's some you know really good stuff and again there's some really bad stuff too yep. um you know you can just yeah um but i think it's like everything else man i mean there's there's great horror movies and there's bad horror movies and you know it's like sometimes you can tell you, you know why they're bad. And sometimes you can't, you know, I don't think anybody sets out to do, to make a bad movie, you know,
0: exactly, um, yeah.
1: but, uh, but it was funny. It was, it was interesting for us because it was like, we thought, you know, we didn't think that there was going to be this kind of boon of, you know, found footage movies, but we thought there was going to be a little more. And then, um, it, it was kind of surprising to us that it took, you know, a few years to kind of, almost like, I guess Hollywood had to kind of catch up, you know? Because yeah, of course. People are like, this is, this is a, an, ex- it was an experiment and, you know, it, it worked out, but, you know, could they, can they do it, can anybody do it again? And the fact that we weren't doing it again and we were, you know, it was kind of like we were moving on to something else. um You know, it was, I think it was surprising, I, you know, but then, yeah, the floodgates open and all these fun footage movies came out, and I, you know, and, and look, man, it's amazing when, um you know, you're your movie is mentioned pretty much every time that, you know, there was a new review for, a you know, for a found footage movie, you know, and I think it kept our movie kind of, you know, in the, in the zeitgeist, you know, kind of in, in, in the, you know, in public, you know, talking, talking publicly about things. And it, you know, I, to me, I was like, I was, I just got a really big kick out of it, man. The idea that like people were taking our, you know, formula and kind of, you know, we were inspiring other people, man. That was the yeah. best thing for us. It was just like, um, you know, thinking back on the filmmakers that inspired me, um, it was just such a privilege or an honor for people to say, oh, yeah, Blair Witch inspired. Like, you know, when you were talking to me about hosts, like, that's like, yeah. I'm just so proud of that. I'm so happy about that. Oh, cheers, um, but, uh, yeah, and then, and then the same talking with Oren Pelly, you know, I yeah. I, uh, I looked up Oren Pelly years ago when he was still in LA we had lunch and uh, we, we had, you know, we talked a lot. We, we were trying to develop something together. that didn't work out, but you know, he was, you know, the first time he met me, he was like, you know, I, I feel like I owe you. Like, you know, yeah. he actually, he actually paid for our little lunch and, and he's like, I, I, you know, it's the least I owe you. And he told me, he was like, you know, he was, um, I think working as a waiter or, do, you know, doing something non, you know, non-related to the film business. And he would just come home and watch Blair Witch, you know, <laughs> And he mapped out, you know, all the moments, all the kind of the beats and um, and planned Paranormal Activity, you know, based on the structure that we built for Blair Witch. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, you know, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And, and you know, and I immediately, you know, one of those things like it's the same with host, like when I watched Paranormal Activity, I was like. This, you know, we we should have done this years ago. You know, like it's so, it's you know, it's just like a lot of people felt about Blair Witch. Like, man, I wish I would have come out with that idea. It's so simple, you know.
0: That's it. Um, that's, that's with with host okay. people. People are saying that with hosts, like, ah, damn, I wish we thought of this. This was such an easy idea to kind of yeah. think of. And it's like, yeah, the idea is easy, but the execution's hard. And like, yeah, like Rob Savage, the director and and co writer, like he's he's a genius. Um, and only he could have executed host how it was executed and only um kind of me and him and the other co-writer Gemma could have come up with that story that felt kind of real and authentic and only those actors who were our friends could have made it so um a lot of people tried to copy Blair Witch but they didn't have the team that you had Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah you know and it's yeah it is i mean it's like and there's a certain amount of magic obviously you know that's involved like you know like i said nobody goes out to nobody sets out to make a bad movie
2: yeah
1: um but uh yeah it's kind of like catching lightning in a bottle you know when um (laughs) these things work and you know and and you know you guys use the formula that that had been used previously Mm -hmm. um to a certain extent but you guys like elevated and you really like brought it together and it made it like um it's just it was just really believable man it was just really believable and uh, you know uh creepy as hell you know yeah, there's, yeah a, there's a there's a difference you know like a lot of found footage movies um you know are well done and structured well but they aren't scary you know sometimes mm-hmm. they're not you know just it's just something that that like this magic created. and for for you guys my wife and I watched it and you know, it really, really creeped us out. Um, I'm glad. And uh, yeah, and it was like and my wife especially was like, man, that was creepy and you know, like um you know, it was just it's just just great great work, man. It was it was uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun watching it.
0: Well it was one of the things we wanted to do that the Blair Witch did correctly, which was authenticity is one of the most important things in, in horror especially found footage you need to have things in order to feel that fear you need to feel scared and uh, as if this could happen to you so using the the real actors names um, like you did in the Davis Project. Um and we went almost went one further because they are genuinely real friends. This is a real friendship group who talk on Zoom every day with, with us we, we we do stuff on Zoom all the time and it's it's so funny that it's blown up like this because we have these s- same conversations every single day. Um,
1: <laughs> that's but, great, man. That's yeah. awesome. That that's part of it. It's like the mm-hmm. authenticity was really what sold you know the, the relationship between the, the characters. And the same thing with Blair Witch and the same thing really with any any film, but especially like found footage, like I hate I mean, I know like found footage now has, you know, kind of mutated and kind of, you know, evolved. Um, you know, I've done found footage movies where, you know, we light up night with you know, it's it's obviously lit. It's not yeah, you know yeah. supposed to be, you know. But um I love that you guys went back to like the original Blair Witch formula, which is like mm-hmm. everything is real, like there's no yeah weird lighting coming out of nowhere in the woods and you know, there's everything was, everything looked like it was completely real. And completely it's like real
0: happy. bedrooms. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It was it's super authentic. And that's what a lot of like the early, some of the early found footage movies like took our formula, but like I remember one movie in particular where like, I can't even remember what it was called, but I got a screener for it. And, um, it was just so polished you know, like yeah. the you could tell the actors had like rehearsed the lines, yeah, and
2: exactly. and
1: there was one scene where like the guy w- sneaks into his his bed, his kid's bedroom, and there's like a beam of light, like perfectly lighting <laughs> his you yeah, know, it's like. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that. And yeah. uh, you know, if, if you want people to really believe, you know, and there's a place for that, you know, the same thing with like music, like, um, you know, Blair Witch, we had absolutely no music, but now yeah. it's kind of acceptable to use music in, in found footage movies. You know, it's like, it spoils
0: it. I think that spoils it. It uh, uh, takes yeah,
1: you out yeah. of it. I mean, well, you kind of you kinda have to, um, you know, like now there's like two, and there was, there was always like two, two kind of, you know, schools of found footage. Like, you can see that it's a, like the spinal tap. School, yeah. which is like it's obviously a movie. There's you know, get you know, stars that you know have from other things, yeah. And then there's like the Blair Witch host, um, kind of thing where it's like, no, man, there's no light, no extra lighting. Everything is like exactly the way it would be if you were really doing a movie this way or a you know, a uh, you know, a zoom call this way, yeah. Um, so it, you know, and you know, so but, you know, and both work, both have things, but I, but I really feel like the. You know, the Blair Witch host versions of found footages are mu- are much scarier yeah. than the kind of the polished ones, you know what I mean? But, but the polished, you know, like Cloverfield is a lot of fun, even yeah. though it's super lit and this super special you know special effects and massive um,
0: budgets yeah
1: yeah mass you know yeah compared to ours massive budget <laughs> um but um so you know so there's two kind of you know schools and, and they're both effective in different ways but i love that you guys kind of went back to the original uh you know the original version the original kind of formula you know
0: yeah um so a lot of people when i said to to some friends of mine that i was speaking to they wanted me to ask you specifically about the sequel to the Blair Witch, uh, *Book of Shadows*. What, what is your thoughts on that now? Like, twenty years down the line, what's your view on on the sequel?
1: I mean, I thought, um, you know, it, it was kind of a weird thing because, like, you know, and I and I and I think you could really, um, you know, relate to this because, like, the mm-hmm. idea of like if there's a host sequel. Like, like, let's say I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing right now, but like, imagine we're not doing guys, host too.
0: I promise, we're not doing host Yeah, here.
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, you got <laughs> we had we did not want to do Blair Witch too. Like, we yeah. we wanted to do you know we wanted to, first of all we wanted to wait for a few years. Yeah, you know, this is this is '99, so it was before like Saw had set up this whole like one you know one movie Sanchez, a year formula. Yeah. Like before that was unheard of. Like it was always you know two three years between movies, and um and so the so you know the artisan came to us and they're like we want to make another movie and we're like well (laughs) we want to make a prequel you know we our next Blair Witch movie would be a prequel would be like going back to
0: Rustin and all that stuff
1: yeah like 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 that would be one of the movies like go Mm -hmm. back to like our first one was go back to Ellie Kedward to the original witch do like a movie you know a, a normal movie like a narrative movie and and make it cool you know don't you know, she gets driven out
0: with, of the village and stuff into the yeah, woods and stuff. Yeah, the
1: village. The kids start. You know, it was kind of we we had a loose idea like the kids are killing the, the people in the village. We love it, whatever. love it. Yeah, and um, it did. You know, it and they were like, no, nah, we you know we don't want to do that. We we think a sequel is better. So we we're like, you know, whatever. We we were not interested. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they were like, well, you know, look, well, we tested the idea and we and the audiences love your prequel idea. Um, so we're going to let you do it. And we're, and, and, but at that time it was like December of, of, uh, 99 and they wanted to release it in October of, of, you know, 2000. And we were like, dude, we haven't even written the treatment for this thing. Like you want us to like write the script, cast it, shoot it. And it was supposed to be like in the winter. So we would have to go somewhere, you know, else Mm -hmm. other than the United States to shoot this thing. Um, to have snow and stuff during the summer. And then yeah. we were to release it But and we were like, no man, we're not going to put ourselves into that time frame. You know, that was just like a, a recipe for disaster, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so we said no. And then they went, you know, and they, they, they were writing other, they, they hired like three other uh, writers to mm-hmm. write just a, a version of, of, of sequel Blair witch. And, um, and they would send us the scripts and I actually have some of the scripts still. And, you know, and they, they weren't bad. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: But, you know, we weren't interested in them, you know, but then and then Joe Berlinger got involved and we loved Joe's, um, you know, documentary movies. And uh, we were and, you know, he he pitched he pitched artists in the story and then he pitched us and he gave us a treatment. And we were like, um, we never liked it. Yeah. You know, like we love Joe as a filmmaker, but we never loved the story. And then the script came out. Like, wait, wait till the script. The script's going to be better. And we read the script like, nah, we still don't like it. And, uh, but we were like, you know, first of all, we had no control over it because, you know, they own artists and own the material. So yeah they want us to be involved, you know? So they were like, all right, you know, you guys can be executive producers and, you know, we'll ask you, you know, for advice sometimes. And we're like, that's fine. And, and, and look, and our thing was like, if anybody can make something cool out of this script, um, which, you know, the script had its moments, but it just wasn't, like, what we had planned plan for a Blair Witch sequel.
2: Yep. So we
1: were like, if anybody can do it, it's Joe Berlinger, you know? He's a very <laughs> talented guy. And, and, um, and but, so, so then we, you know, they, they, they even sent us, like, the raw footage, and we were like, go through the raw footage and look at it and stuff. And um, and then they came down in, uh, when they had a rough cut, when they had, the, the cut of Joe, I guess Joe's cut of the movie. And they screened it for us, and and man, we were I mean, looking back on it, man, we were so arrogant
0: and like, I mean we just the, made the, the biggest just, horror movie of all time, that's why. I know, but,
1: but I know, <laughs> I know. And and our you know, and, and and we were and we were still arrogant as shit, our heads and we were so like the, the artists and uh, marketing people were like, you know, a few rows behind us, and man, like like ten minutes into the movie, we're like mystery science theater in the
0: movie. <laughs> I, oh my god. I mean,
1: yeah man i mean it was like and and um and and, and you know and so we, we had a you know talk afterwards and we we're like they're like well you know you you guys you know you have to do interviews you know we have to, you oh, have to do God. interviews and i'm like well what are we going to say about this yeah. you know like like um you know it's 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 not a bad movie but it just has nothing to do with with blair witch you know what i mean yeah. it's kind of it's just you know and um and then, you know, I mean look, and, and so you know, we didn't do many interviews about <laughs> that. Um and um you know, and you know, and they released it and you know, it made decent money, but it wasn't, you know, another Blair Witch movie it wasn't like the Blair Witch project with, which was what they expected, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and then and now but now man looking back on it like I do like the movie, like i you know, it has some good moments in it and it's actually a pretty decent film for what Joe had to work with because yep. He had he had such time restraints, and I remember Dan, um, my partner Dan, at the time actually talked to Joe, and Dan told him he you know he was told me later he's like dude I told him I said dude you're putting yourself in a situation like you have like nine months to deliver this movie you know you're like. Mm-hmm. You know you have no idea you know, but like do you understand how how hard it's gonna how difficult it's gonna be you know yeah and and I, you know, and Joe, I mean, look Joe was looking to get into narrative features and this is an opportunity, so I don't begrudge his you know his attempt to do it, yeah. but as as you know, Joe is not very happy with the with the end yeah. result um they they basically took it away from him, which was a damn shame, um mm-hmm. and then added all this stuff, which you know made the mo- movie. Maybe a little bit more commercial, but it was kind of a mess. It, it made it a, kind of a mess uh, of a movie, and uh, and it was unfortunate, man, because it killed the franchise. And, and like uh, and we were like, you know, we like you said, like you 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 caught on early. Like we wanted to do, you know, the LA Kedward story. And then we wanted to jump forward. Like our idea was like to do like a black and white Rustin Parr movie.
0: Wow, that would have been In the so. 40s. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: then go back and do the you know and and fill out the mythology and then do a sequel eventually. Yeah. Um. But um, you know, it it was uh you know it was just not meant to be and we tried to like we we actually wrote another Blair Witch a sequel a proper sequel wow. in um I guess like 2010 maybe sometime like 10 10 11 years ago and um and it was good like Dan and I co-wrote it and we we um a couple other people ghost wrote it helped mm-hmm. us with the, with the draft mm-hmm. because Dan, Dan and I were not collaborating very well. Um, mm-hmm. we were just kind of, uh, going in different directions yep. and we, and Lionsgate paid us to do it. And, and it was, it was actually a pretty decent script, but, and, uh, you, you know, even, um, you know, the, the executives there were like, yeah, you guys, this is a good, this is good. It's just, I think the movie was probably like five or six million dollars and they didn't okay. want to spend that much money on a Blair Witch movie. They were all thinking was kind of like the the one or two million dollar range and we're like, no, we can't do it for that. Yeah. Um,
0: would and, that uh, be you know, sound footage? Or would that be like a... a no, a-
1: no. It was going to it was gonna be, um, it was a narrative movie. It was basically, you know, uh, somebody moves into the area into Bur- the Burkittsville, Burkittsville and things start happening and they start seeing things. Uh-huh. Um, but we were gonna, we were gonna, you know, try to bring back the original cast, and we were gonna <sighs> do, you know, we're gonna do like, like uh, alternate, you know, views of of them in the woods during the original movie.
2: That's um, amazing. It was cool. It was cool, yeah, man. Yeah. It would
1: have been really, it would have been really cool. And and actually, uh, I, I've, you know, I sent the script to certain people just, you know, to get their opinions. And They were like, man, I would. This is this would have been cool. Um, but you know, it didn't work out. And then we and now we've like we've pitched a couple of different TV shows to them, like a, uh, you know, Blair Witch TV shows, but it just hasn't worked. And I think that's the, the, the beauty of, um, I think that's where I think the most promise for Blair Witch is, is like a TV show, but
2: yeah. And I, I don't,
1: and I'm not sure what they're doing. I'm sure they're developing something now, but, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I don't know They you know, we, I, we stay involved. Like I, I try to, like there was a video game that came out a couple of years ago that yeah. I helped Mark, that I helped market, And then there was, um, a hunter killer game that was really cool that came out uh i guess last year and i helped with the marketing so i i you know i definitely keep myself involved in the blair witch and i'm always uh you know I, we would love to go back and do another movie another blair witch movie like that would be you know a dream come true but we realize we're not in control of it so you know we you know you got to move on and do other things you know
0: yeah well like like you've obviously inspired a so many people to, to kind of become filmmakers even become, because the the big thing that the Blair Witch Project did shows you that you don't have to have that much money to start a film. And it's a blessing and a curse because it, it inspires people to to make a film for, for not very much money. But also the studios might think, Oh, like we can, we can, we can just give Ed uh, 60 grand and he can give us another Blair Witch Project easy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the problem. I mean, I think, I mean, look, that's, that's to me like the most, You know, what I'm most proud of is the idea that I've inspired filmmakers like you guys. And um, and even, you know, and a lot of people like, you know, told me straight out, like, you know, I didn't really like Blair Witch, but you inspired me to like go out and do it. I'm like, of course. I mean, because, you know, we we came out of nowhere. You know, we were not filmmakers. We were, um, you know, we had gone to film school, but we had never gotten paid to make anything. And we were, you know, just we had nothing to lose and we put this movie together for barely any money like you guys. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's a story that's been told a million times. Like, you know, yeah. Robert Rodriguez inspired me and mm-hmm. Spike Lee inspired me and, yeah. you know, the, the way he did things, they did things. And, um, you know, so it was very much, uh, you know, and I, I, it's such a great honor to be, to, you know, to be inspiring other talented filmmakers. Um, and, but you know, to, and to me, that's like the thing I'm most proud of, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it, um, I mean, didn't, didn't Paramount a while ago, a few years ago, try like a low budget thing and the unions like destroy it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you
2: know,
1: because that's the thing is like when we were doing, um, <laughs> Blair Witch, you know, and there was no union affiliation, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like, we could you do whatever, whatever we want, we want but <laughs> now, yeah. And nowadays it's like a, a movie like Blair Witch would cost, you know, half a million dollars, probably even the yeah, same, yeah. because just vote. you know, like imagine the, the, um, the overtime you would be paying you know sag rules after like the you know the 72nd hour of of overtime or whatever you know like the, co- the covid testing
0: I mean, and all that stuff <laughs> yeah the covid testing and just the safety and you know just
1: you know i, I you know it would have just been crazy so but i love the idea that like people are um still kind of inspired by what we did and and are still making like phenomenal movies like you guys and that, and that's the yeah. thing like when we, when we did vhs2 that was like mm-hmm. really um, cause that was like the first found footage move we had done since Blair Witch. And, yeah. um, it was just like such a crazy ride for us, like to have these kind of younger guys, you know. And it was cool to ride week. in
0: the park as well, your segment.
1: Yeah, I know. And, and, <laughs> and, dude, that was the thing, man. It was like, we were like, man, we, 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 we we better not be like the worst movie of the, you know, in the, <laughs> you know, we were like, yeah. And, and luckily, all the films were pretty damn good, man. Yeah. You know, it was a it was, really it was good, a good anth- really good anthology. And, um, but that was our, Greg and I were like, man, because, you know, we were like, we were like the old guys in the crew, in the, in the, you know, in the filmmaker group. And we were like, man, all we got to do is just, 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 don't make the worst film. Let's just not make you the definitely worst do, film. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, you know, it was, um, you know, and, and we loved meeting Adam and, uh, you know, Jason and, and uh, Simon and, you know, uh, you know, working with Timo and, you know, it was just like, it was cool, man. It was, it was, uh, it was just a great experience.
0: Yeah. And you also did, um, um, you worked on something quite similar, similar, I guess, uh, for Quibi, uh, f- uh, 50 States of Fear. Um, yeah. you, um, and I, I, I interviewed, uh, Alejandro Bruguez recently. And, um, obviously you made that with him. He directed, you, you wrote it. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I was, I was speaking to him about, it was like three episodes smudged into kind of, you can, he, he sent to me in like one full, um, segment but they were split into three quibbies it's called yeah (laughs) yeah Um,
1: yeah yeah, the quibby experiment
0: yeah tell tell us about that
1: um you know it was like um you know uh they came to us and they were asking we were working on something else with with uh, them with uh sam Raimi and um and um debbie liebling who's his partner yeah and um you know, they pitched us this thing of like these kind of short, you know, quibbies again, like these fifteen-minute short films that were cut into three sections. And and Sam was, you know, Sam Raimi was doing one, and we were like, oh my god, you know, we love to, you know, work with Sam. I mean, you know, yeah. he's one of the guys that like inspired us when we were younger. And um, and uh, it was so cool, man, because like we um, we did um, we did a read through, you know, on the on the fo- on the phone. Yeah. of the script you know and um sam played the main character um, which is you know which, yeah and um
0: he did that and, for me as well like uh, we yeah. got a film with sam raimi he played we, we read the script and and for like four or five weeks while we were in the read-through he was playing my girlfriend i was playing one of the characters and sam raimi was playing my girlfriend it, yeah. it was great he was putting on the voice yeah everything. yeah <laughs> yeah he
1: was he was playing like the main character who's a woman you know and um it was you know, and oh, it's just really cool, man, to have Sam Raimi, oh, man,
2: you know, reading your
1: script. As you know, um, but it was cool, man. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I didn't go. Greg and because and, uh, I was shooting something else. Greg and Alejandro went up to Vancouver, and, and the big challenge was like, how do you make my, Mi- you know, Vancouver, um, <laughs> you know, look, you know, look like Miami? Yeah. So, uh, but they did a good job, and we actually did some, um, we did some second unit stuff in actually in Miami. No. To kind of put in there to make it up, but he, but they, um, they had like these movable palm trees that they oh, would no. do. <laughs> Yeah, um, so it was a challenge, man.
0: Um, I loved it. it I, was, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Bestino it was course. Cool.
1: I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, Alejandro did a great job, and uh, and he was he was nervous because he had never done anything sound footage, and he was always you know, <laughs> asking Greg and I, "What do you know?" i are like, "No, I man, just you know, this is this is the way you do it." But he did a great job. He did, yeah. and um, yeah, and now we're we're actually. Um, working on a, on like a, a, a feature version of that story um, um, that we're writing uh, and uh, you know moving forward with so hopefully soon um, but uh, so yeah cool. I mean it was it was it was a lot of fun I mean it was sad that quibby you know um, I think you know quibby, came Dawned. at it, I think at the, at the wrong time. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and it was, you know, kind of failed, but it was, uh, you know, it was good for us because, you know, we were able to put some stuff on there and you know, they actually did some good stuff. There was a lot of other good, really good segments in that, yep. in that, in that show.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, you know, it was just a cool experience and, and it was the first time that we had actually worked with Alejandro on something that we had gotten produced. Like I met Alejandro on, um, on dust till dawn. Yeah. Uh, he was directing one of the segments one of the episodes and um and i you know we got to be friends and uh and then we developed a a show for stars together that um unfortunately didn't didn't happen and that was it was actually going to be shot in cuba i don't know how much alejandro talked to you about it but it was like kind of a dream come true because alejandro's cuban i'm cuban yeah but alejandro's you know my manager's also cuban Oh yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of there's a lot of damn Cubans, there are Cubans man. Out there. <laughs> Cubans are everywhere, man. Um, and uh, but I had never I haven't been gone back to Cuba since I was two years old, yeah. and uh, it was just going to be like a dream come true for me to go because the show was going to take place in Cuba,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we were so disappointed when, um, you know, Castro died in like 2016, and then Trump got elected, and then that yeah. was the end of that movie of that show um and then so you know so um, we're 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 actually developing something with him right now with apple um with with greg and and me and and alejandro and uh yeah we hope to work keep working with him for a long time
0: real cool dream team like and like what what, were you saying alejandro's first foray into found footage what what better like what people to work with than 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 yourself like to to help him through that
1: yeah i know and greg and greg was there for a little bit of the shoot and uh And prepping, you know, yeah, he yeah, it was good. I mean, yeah, but you know, it's like, once you get the basics down, you know, it, it comes down to like, whether you can tell a story or not. And obviously, Alejandro can tell a story. Yeah. Um So, uh, you know, he, he I think he they did. Everybody did a great job on that.
0: Yeah. And uh, we're, we're slightly running out of time. So I'm going to quickly get in some of the, your other films. Um, I, I love Exists, by the way. Like, Exists oh, is, thanks, man. is great. I don't have a DVD player anymore, but I have it on DVD when I, when I, when I saw it for sale. And you just have a real knack at finding a cool. Horror twist on different stories, um, and Lovely Molly is another example of that, which I which I absolutely love. Um, which, of your, which of your which of your non Blair Witch projects would you say people should watch first if they want to dip into your catalogue?
1: I mean, I, I think like Lovely Molly, I think is my best film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was like uh, you know, it was like the most painful film for me. Yeah, um, and it, you know, I, I wrote it. I directed it and I edited it so it was like a little bit a little bit too much of Ed Sanchez in a movie. Um <laughs> and I was going through some major depression. Um and it was uh it was a difficult ride for me. But um, you know, the performance by Gretchen and the performance so by everybody, good. but especially Gretchen yeah. and uh just her you know, her vulnerability in the movie and where she goes and uh and you know, and then it was one of those movies where like we financed it ourselves mm-hmm. uh mostly. Um, and, uh, you know, private equity. So we had total control over it. And it was like, um, you know, it was just something that like, like my my co-writer, Jamie Nash, came up with the idea and I basically took it from him and wrote the script. And it was, it's the last script I've written by myself, pretty mm-hmm. much by myself. And um, the, uh, it was just like uh, something that was inside me. I don't know. And I, and again, like, it was like this really painful process, but I look at the film and I'm proud of it. And I'm, you know, I'm uh, happy that I did it. But again, it was like, it, for, for a certain amount of time there, I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, I don't know, like I remember talking to my younger sister about, you know, she's like, how's the movie going? I'm like, you know, it's good. And I love, you know, it's, it's coming, but I, it's just, this is like really soul crushing for me right now for some reason, and I can't get over it. I might have to, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this anymore um and then why is that what
0: why, do it you was like the pressure of because i can just only assume the pressure of making something the the best most well-respected most profitable at the time horror film of all time the weight on your shoulders must be unreal and to this day it must still be quite quite difficult to comprehend
1: yeah i mean i mean you you know ho- you're always going to be compared yeah, to host, you know what i'm yeah. saying like, you know and blair witch was like it's just a movie that that uh that everybody knows. Like even people that haven't seen it, you know, know about it if they were alive during that time, because was just like this, like a movement almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um And um, I think I'm a good filmmaker. You know, I think I, there's some great things that I do, um, but you know, like, as you know, you're always learning, you know, as a writer, as a director, as a, you know, uh, directing actors and, you know, just cinematography, every, you know, and every day on a set, like when I'm a, I, that's why I love TV. Mm-hmm. is that, um, it's a little, it's less pressure because the, a lot of decisions have been made for you
2: yeah, yeah. and,
1: uh, and you get to learn, man. Like I learn every day, you know, new stuff from the actors or from the, the, the DP. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was just, yeah, the pressure of like, you know, becoming, you know, uh, you're you're always the pressure of becoming an A-list filmmaker. You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: For me, which is something that like, I'm always like fighting with because, um, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm, like, I'm, I'm mostly a family guy, you know, like I love being like this COVID time has been great for me because I've been able to be, I have three kids and I have a, a nice house and my wife is wonderful and we have a really great life. So, um, I like being at home and, and after Blair Witch, I was mostly at home, you know, through the, my first two kids as they grew up, I, I didn't work much. Um, yeah. I didn't have to, because Blair Witch, you know, made me a lot of money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that was a blessing and a curse, you know, because you, uh, you know, you, you, uh, once, once you get away from the business for a while, people, when you try to come back in, people are like, where, where the hell have you been? You know what I mean? Um, it happens all the time. So, um, it was a difficult film for me lovely molly because it was like i was finally i was finally like i was i was going to put everything into this movie you know mm-hmm. and i don't i just don't think i was i was um ready for that like the the previous movies um like altered and seventh moon they were all co i co-wrote them with and even blair witch like blair witch was my idea but it was a kind of a very collaborative process yeah. and i'm not saying that lovely molly was not collaborative i mean Films are always collaborative, but that lovely Molly was, for me, was like, okay, let me, I'm going to try to do this, you know, I'm going to try to do, like, to bring back the old spirit of Eduardo Sanchez, like, my early stuff, where I would do everything, and I would hyper dwell over everything, and it's a really unhealthy way to make a movie, and I learned that through Lovely Molly, but I'm very proud of the movie, and I think that, um, it, uh, you know, it, uh, shows a different side of me. And I love, and I love the idea of like kind of the mixed found footage that there yeah, is no. a little bit of found footage in it, but it kind of goes, you know, it's definitely a narrative, a normal narrative film. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, and, and, and for all my movies, man, like I try to, you know, as, as you're, as, 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 as you know, like the idea that you, you know, you, you're not going to do host too at least, you know, right away. It's like,
2: yeah. you
1: want to do new things, man. You want to like stretch and you want to like, um, you know, push the boundaries of certain things and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And I think that's the most exciting thing about it. And I think for Lovely Molly, I was so, you know, like my, my previous two films, like Seventh Moon and uh, Altered hadn't really done what I wanted. You know, they weren't like commercial successful films, commercially successful films. So there was so much pressure on me to become like this you know, like, again, like this A-list director that I don't know if I'm, you know, I, I have, like, the, the personality for, like, the you know, the, the, I don't have the, maybe I don't have the ambition for. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but, you know, but again, man, I mean, and, and again, I, I, I haven't done a feature in, a, in almost 10 years now, and I'm really itching to get back into it. I have a few things that are in development. I get offered yeah. stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we, you know, sometimes they don't get financed, whatever, but I still do love features, but I do like the kind of the comfort of television and also the idea that we've been concentrating on getting our own, you know, kind of TV idea out there, our own TV show. Um, and actually, man, I mean, other than, I mean, there's, there's a few like surprises, like host is, you know, a great surprise um in the feature world but like really the most exciting stuff right now is happening in the tv world you know because i think the yeah. streamers are like taking chances and telling stories that you know normally aren't told and um so so i think you know that's kind of where we're concentrating on but i'm itching to do another feature man i'm really really like cool. um,
0: jonesing if you if you need if you need any help from me at all yeah man, that's dude, collab I, like uh, <laughs> yeah
1: man dude I'd, I'd love to read you know anything else you have man honestly yeah
0: Okay. Well, that, well, that's a promise. Uh, but is there anything (laughs) before we, uh, wrap up, is there anything else you want to, uh, kind of, uh, hint at the stuff you're doing in the future? Anything you haven't mentioned yet?
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, we, like I said, we're, we have an Apple show with Alejandro and Greg, my partner, Greg Hale, um, that we're, uh, we just turned in the second draft of the pilot. So, you know, it's kind of a long shot. It's like a story. It's like a horror story based in Miami about a Cuban immigrant. So it's, it's very different than pretty much anything out there right now. Yeah. Um, and which is a plus, but again, you know, you I I you never know what's going to happen with it. Um so we hope that happens and then we we have a cup a bunch of other TV show ideas that we're getting ready to pitch. Um we're again, we're writing a feature kind of version of the um of the 50 states of fear um so cool story storyline yeah and uh and then you know and and you know uh again hopefully knock on wood uh I'll get back in the feature world this year maybe in the fall um but uh but right now man I mean, I mean i just feel incredibly blessed like that people like you are still kind of carrying the blair witch torch a little bit and mm-hmm. i feel um you know, just uh, really blessed that people are still you know hiring me to to, uh, to yeah. do things. To, I have a pretty good television directing career, which you know I'm very happy with. So I just feel like um, you know where I'm twenty years, twenty plus years into this career now, and you know, and it's going well. And you know, so I'm you know knock on wood, maybe we can you know go another twenty years, hopefully.
0: That's great. And and like like I said, um, Blair Witch Project is one of the the greatest. Not even the greatest horror movies. One of the greatest movies of all time for me, and very influential on everything I do. So I really appreciate you, uh, yeah, everything appreciate you've done. That. Where can people find you? Should they wish to find out more about what you're up to?
1: Um, we I have a, a Facebook page, uh, Haxan, which is H A X A N, um, and uh, I think that that's pretty much where I do all, you know, all the, uh, kind of announcements and stuff like that. And then I'm on Twitter, but I don't, you know, I, I, I don't really get Twitter that much. (laughs) I don't understand it, but, uh, my tag name is, uh, Sanchez on the mic. If you want to you know keep up with what's going on there. Um, and the same on Instagram, but you know, it's like, I, I feel like, um, uh, you know, I mean, I know people do it, you know, always are always about like the self promotion, but I sometimes I feel like it's just a weird thing to, to <laughs> constantly self promote yourself. But I guess that's the way it's done now. So there's, it's, yeah. there's social media for me, it's mostly like for friendships and stuff like that. But I definitely... Yeah. Um, you know, I use it as much as like, I allow myself to, you know, as far as like promoting stuff that I'm doing, you know.
0: That's great. There's a, there's a new app called Clubhouse that Alejandro is on, a lot of horror filmmakers are on, so uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it out. after this. Yeah, yeah. But again, Ed, thanks very much for coming on Jed Talks, and for everyone out there, stay tuned next week. Uh, we'll have another brilliant guest, and subscribe, rate and review and all that, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks.